Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Gregg is about to come on here in just a bit. Make sure you stay tuned because we're going to dive into some greatness, helping you become your greatest possible self. Before that, I'm talking to you out there because you are already being and becoming your greatest possible self. I know that because you're tuned in to this podcast. You're tuned into this marathon. You're tuned in to your greatness, and I want to support you in continuing to grow yourself even more. So stay tuned to the 12-Hour Marathon, and I want to work one-on-one with you. I love working with people who are changing the world or out to change the world or stepping into your greatness, your power, your brilliance, your light, your love, your gifts, and creating a business around that makes that makes a huge impact in the world. So I want to let you know a couple different ways you can do that. Number one, when you're ready, let's talk about having you as a guest on the 12-Hour Marathon. Maybe you're ready for that. Maybe you're not. Either way, I just want you to know I love having people who are changing the world on this platform to make a huge difference. So if you're not yet ready for that, totally cool. And I would love to still support you in developing your message, your clarity, your energy, your confidence to be able to get on the camera because you are ready to expand. You're tuning into this. You are attracted to this message because you are meant to shine. You're meant to step into your power, your greatness even more. So stop putting it off till tomorrow. All we have is this moment. So take action. Send me a message. Chris at BeYourGPS.com. Instagram at IamMillionaireChris. And you can find me on, did I say Facebook? Facebook.com forward slash TH3 Burns or just search Chris Burns. So I am here for you to help you grow. Also to launch your podcast if you are ready for that when you're ready to, to step up your influencer and impact game even more, then we will rock it out. So thanks so much for tuning in and let's keep growing and going together. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week is by Helped Me Shed My Layers. And Chris is inspiring. Chris is an inspiring breath of fresh air. This podcast will enlighten and encourage even the thickest skinned of us to shed the tough exterior and dive deeply inward. So thank you so much. Helped me shed my layers. I appreciate you giving us that review. If you want to stay tuned to this 12-hour marathon, which I highly, highly recommend, so you can keep getting all these beautiful ideas, listening to all these epic experts, definitely stay tuned and keep doing that. You can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform works best for you. I recommend Apple Podcasts because I'm a Mac and an iPhone kind of guy, but hey, you do what works for you and uh, definitely keep getting those updates. The second thing that I highly recommend is uh, if you want to get a shout out on the 12-hour marathon, be celebrated as one of our reviews of the week, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search becoming your greatest possible self or greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store or iTunes Store. And give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of in the show, how we can improve it even more in the future. We love getting that feedback. So thanks so much in advance for that. Okay, appreciate you. Now, I'm going to introduce um, Jeff in just a bit here. Jeff, I wanted to, to mention 
do you do you hear the yeah um do you have facebook on as well are you do you have a facebook window somewhere usually it happens i still hear the echo so it might be still open somewhere else Sure. And while Jeff is getting that situated, just know. Yep, sounds sounds great to me, man. Awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you on in just a sec, but uh, Jeff is gonna be coming on here. We're gonna be diving into an amazing conversation. You definitely want to stick around till the end because one idea has the power to transform the rest of your life. And especially getting in the zone, being a high performer, if that's the the mindset that you have. You wanna you wanna get the most bang for your buck. You wanna be the high performance Ferrari. You wanna run on jet fuel. Hey, stay in this conversation. It's gonna change the game for you. So stay tuned, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because this stuff has the power to change the rest of your life. So let's introduce Jeff and we'll bring him on the screen. Mr. Jeff Gregg. Jeff's passion is to help as many athletes as possible to achieve their performance goals and help anyone seeking improved focus to clearly understand and easily utilize the powerful new tools available for achieving more zone in their life. The key to Jeff's unparalleled success is his unique perspective on performance. Very few coaches have experienced as many pieces of the performance puzzle. Pro athlete in soccer and golf, award-winning PGA teacher, TPI, certified fitness instructor, EEG, feedback trainer, motivational speaker, best-selling author, soccer coach, Tai Chi teacher, ski racer and skier, tennis player, and mountain biker and that is just the tip of the iceberg with this legend are you ready to rock the house jeff because we're we're going to be bringing the fire and the heat in this conversation are you are you ready for it, brother are you ready for it <laughs> man looking forward to it all week i love it man well hey you're live on becoming your greatest possible self we're going to dive in and have an amazing conversation so thank you for being here and we're going to start off with the theme of the day which is uh, the power of words jeff so we want to hear what's your perspective on this topic the power of words actually that's a big part of the the coaching side so it's not so much the knowledge for me of of the focus training and the zone and the eeg but the ability to communicate to each individual with the right words uh, so that they can, uh, the, the words that resonate with each individual is super important as far as how much they get out of it, how quickly you can touch someone and how powerfully you can affect their life. Yeah. Because if, if the words aren't quite right, you may be saying exactly the right thing for somebody, but it might just disappear in the translation. Wow, dude. Short, sweet, simple. I love it. It's, it's it's so true because words are great, but if they aren't landing, if someone's not understanding them, it's not reaching them in their perspective of the world. Then what good is it? And you've you've worked with so many athletes over the years and just made a difference in their lives. You've had to learn to vary your your languaging, your approach, um, communication abilities to be able to make that difference. And you know how much you've succeeded, how much you've impacted their lives. You know, been a great uh, award winning coach. Like it's no it's no secret that you definitely know how to reach your clients and your athletes that you work with, man. 
Yeah, it's funny that we're chatting about this because I was actually just on the phone. I'm going to be doing some consulting work for a ski racing academy, and they also want me to come in and change the focus culture at the whole academy, not just on the skiing side of things. And one of the things that the head of the academy, who's a really, really cool guy and very forward thinking, wants to do is he wants to make sure that all the coaches are speaking the same language to the kids from age you know, from first grade all the way up through their PG kids, he said, each of the coaches has all these wonderful things to bring to the plate. But if the kids don't understand the language, everybody's speaking English, but they all maybe speak in different languages. Yeah. Wow. Powerful, man. I love it. So I mentioned a little bit about your bio, your accolades, things like that, Jeff. But in your own words, why don't you share a little bit more about what you're working on today, what you stand for, how you help your clients, man? So... Um, my background was always a performer. I grew up a, as an athlete in multiple sports and all I wanted to do was play pro sports, was very fortunate to be able to do that. Um, but none of the sports, um, uh, did I ever really achieve the goals that I felt I should have and felt I wanted to. And, uh, I always felt there were pieces of it missing. So <clears throat> as I was, um, as I was performing as an athlete, I was also trying to figure out because I would go. I, I can remember coaches being very, very frustrated because one day they were, "Oh my God, you're a world beater!" And the next day, it's like, "Who are you? And what'd you do with the kid who was here the day before?" And <laughs> so it's kind of gradually evolved. It turned into um, I started doing meditation practices and Tai Chi yeah. and learning that there's differences in how you tune your focus, and that has a huge effect in what comes out in your body. And it's mm -hmm. just evolved into I started. Uh, as a teacher, I really started teaching golfers because I had just come from the mini tours and I started recognizing that, especially with my better players, but then more and more with all the players that if I could teach them how to focus a little bit better, I would actually have a much more positive effect and a much bigger impact in a much shorter period of time than just teaching them the skills. Right. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, man. So you really came from this place of wondering one day you're, you're on top of the world the other you're like hey like i suck you know and wondering what what happened yeah. <laughs> what got no, in the way that, what what yeah, was that's the, spot on yeah what was the what was the ingredient what was the the leverage point and so focus has really become a huge like center point that you've recognized with all these thousands of people that you've worked with and you know all the time you're like focus that's that's that leverage point that um you know if people got it then huge massive results if they don't then huge huge weakness that gets in their way from from championship level yeah and it it started um, when I first started looking into it, the focus side of it was uh, always thought of much more psychologically, like how are you dealing with your emotions, right? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? But the cool thing is over the last few years, the tools for actually looking into it more scientifically and being able to track it and train it have just completely changed things. So I started using an EEG headset for my own personal meditation to try to get deeper into meditation. Yeah. And now these headsets have gotten so good, I can actually put them on my golfers or put them on my skiers and we can get real-time brainwave feedback. So we can actually track and train the situations that they're doing really well and not doing really well. So the psychological is always important. Um, but the physiological, the neuroelectric stuff mm -hmm. is a lot easier to track so you can train it much quicker because it's no, it's not as much of a gray area. 
Right, right. Is there a particular EEG, I think that's what it's called, right? EEG device yep. that um, measures the brainwaves. Is there a particular one that you prefer over others? Well, there's there's four or five good ones, but the one that I work with the most uh, because it's um, it's the most usable in a variety of situations is it's called the Mind Band, M-Y-N-D-B-A-N-D. Um, there, like I said, there's a number of different ones that all have good value, but uh, this particular one, you can you you can use it as a headband, or there's actually a cap that you can. So my golfers love that one. You can put a cap on, and you can be reading your brainwaves. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a, the the sensors have gotten so good that it used to be. If you ever remember EEG from back in the day, there'd be all this huge array. It looked yeah. like spaghetti coming out of your head. Yeah. But uh, these have just one sensor on the P1 point, and it gives you medical grade research, uh, uh, gives you medical grade data on your brainwaves, which is super powerful. That's nuts, man. Uh, I love it. So let's go back in the journey, Jeff, and talk about, you know, to become this this high level coach that you are, uh, best best selling author, like you're doing amazing things in the world. What were some of the challenges that you had to face along the way to to get to this level of success, and how did you overcome them, man? Well, I think that to me the biggest challenge, the biggest first challenge was that um, I so I left college early to go play pro soccer and over in England, which was just. It was an amazing experience. I was the first person from the U.S. to go over and play over there. And uh, I had all these uh, big plans and big expectations. It's like, here I am playing for this team that's one of the best teams in Europe. And then I'm, you know, I'm planning on this whole career coming back to the United States. And then three of the next four teams that I played for here in the United States all folded. Wow. So, yeah. So, um the finances of soccer, and obviously this was a long time ago, I'm kind of dating myself here, but basically there was no union for players. So your contracts weren't guaranteed and teams were coming and going very, very quickly. And it was very heavily uh, European centric. Like they, the European players would come over and get a bunch of money and the American company uh, players, we wouldn't hardly get anything. And like the team I played for in San Diego, we were one of the best teams in the league every year, but there were only three Americans on the team. So it was that was a big, big challenge trying to overcome the stereotypes that Americans were not good players. And uh, and even back then, there were certain positions that, you know, if you were a goalie, you had a good chance of playing as an American or a defender. But if you were an attacker, the coaches were mostly foreign coaches and they just didn't believe that the Americans had the capability to do that. So that was a, that was a good challenge right off the bat. Wow. Um, but the the next big challenge after that just came when I just had I decided that um, there really was not the opportunity to have a long career in soccer that I wanted to have. So I had a big decision to make and I decided to go back to school instead of continuing to play. Mm-hmm. And that's something that still to this day, I think, oh, you know, should I have stuck it out? Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of because obviously I had a huge passion for playing soccer and it was yeah. amazing experiences. I met incredible people and got to travel all over the world. It was really cool. And then uh, the interesting thing is when I retired from playing pro soccer, when I was 25 is the first time I ever played golf and I got totally hooked and uh, was fortunate enough to be playing the mini tours within six years after just picking up the game. Yeah. And so that felt like, wow, well, maybe this is maybe that's why I left soccer early. That's uh, maybe maybe this is the whole reason behind it. And then, unfortunately, after a couple of really good years on the mini tour, I had a large back injury. And that was probably 
the biggest thing that affected where I am right now, I actually had uh, four discs herniate all at the same time. So that completely ended my uh, golfing career. And that's when I started teaching. And that's when I really started going, well, you know what, these things that held me back, I, I always felt, you know, I want to do this in soccer and I want to do this in golf. And I never got to any of those goals. And now that I was uh, knew I was going to be teaching, it was like, all right, well, how can I make sure that other people don't have to go through the same frustration that I went through? Mm. Mm. That's, that's powerful. So I love that the soccer, you know, the, there's a, there's a warrior mindset that is really required for that. So I, I think that a lot of people today, when, when they're playing in professional sports or their athletes, it takes a level of intensity. And I, I wonder if the European coaches saw more of an intensity, so to speak, in European players, because I don't know if that, that was a tendency supposed to, uh, so to speak, back then. But I know my girlfriend, like she's from Czech Republic, right? And I see how intense she is uh, just in, in her culture, in her life. And I'm more of like laid back, easygoing guy, you know? So I, I just wonder, maybe that's just a perspective that I hold, um, but it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah, with, with soccer, actually, back then, it was very different because um, we were considered such a new country. It was, so it was like if um, uh, if somebody, let's say somebody from, um, from Greece 20 years ago came over and wanted to play in the NBA. Imagine the type of things that they would be bumping into, right? And so that's a similar type of thing. It's like, well, back then, Greece wasn't a country where people, although we got the Greek freak in the NBA now, but, right. <laughs> you know, if you think of people coming from countries where there isn't a tradition and a history of that particular sport, right. when they go to the countries where that sport is super powerful and has been part of the culture forever and ever, yeah. you get looked down upon like, well, there's no way you can be good enough. You don't have the background. You don't have the history. You don't have the culture. So that, that was really kind of the essence of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Good, good distinction, good awareness, like cultural awareness of, of, uh, you know, resistance that people might face when they go into a new arena or a new industry or they're challenging the status quo. You know, I think exactly. the, the best things in life are achieved when we face resistance and overcome it and, and, you know, break through it. So I think that's super cool. And then you moved into golfing and then you got into coaching golfing. And, uh, I want to hear a little bit more about your coaching experience and you know some of the lessons and greatest gifts that you got from coaching your students well yeah, so when I um, went into coaching golfing uh, at the end of you know when I knew I wasn't going to be able to play anymore because of the back injury I was actually working part-time at a very famous golf course in San Diego called Torrey Pines mm -hmm. and it's uh, it hosts a regular tour event it's hosted the U.S. Open a couple times and so um, it was a really good place. It was very fortuitous. It was a really good place to learn how to teach because it was so busy that you're, you're dealing with a lot of different people at a lot of different levels, which really helps you as a teacher. But also once a year, every year, I got to watch all the tour coaches interact with the tour players. So you've got the beginners on one side and you've got the tour coaches with their players on the other side. So you know, as long as your eyes were open and your ears were open and you weren't too set in stone, it was just a, it was a tremendous opportunity to be able to look and um, not only learn about how to teach, but also learn about how I wanted to teach, right? You see how uh, people interact with other people. Are you going to be this style of coach? Are you going to be this style of coach? And what seems to fit with your personality? So it, it was a, it was a really fortuitous, really good place to learn how to teach. 
not to mention that you know Del Mar is not exactly the worst place in the world to live. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So you uh, got to be around these people, coaches performing at a very high level, getting paid huge salaries because of you know their expertise and their wisdom, and yeah. you got to pick up the distinctions that really made them rise above, let's say, the average coach who might have been out there. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, Torrey Pines, because it's such a famous place, it was, uh, you know, being a, a, a kid from a small town in Vermont who was basically just a shy kid who, you know, grew up and was lucky to do some of the things that he dreamed about doing, to be at Torrey Pines where the dream team was there, you know, so you get to do things with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson because they're coming to Torrey Pines and uh, did, a, did a half a day clinic with Michael Jordan and, uh, you know, Toured, uh, toured Bill Gates around uh, the golf course when he wanted to come play there. So it's a whole different strata of people that I never, ever would have met um, in, in the soccer world, or, but especially coming from a town of 3,000 people in Vermont. It was, uh, it was a real, real eye-opener and definitely helped me be able to interact with people on more levels as opposed to just uh, the one level of, okay, there you are, there I am, what are we going to try to get done? You can kind of see things from other perspectives. Yeah, it's like the more successful someone is, you kind of learn these different distinctions and ways to, you know, treat them or not treat them. And also, I think that there's a level of um, idolization that might go on with celebrities and famous people. And I'm sure you saw some of that going on, like being a coach, like super observant and aware, you're like, I see that you are, you're like not treating them as another human being, but rather you're like worshiping them. I'm going to make sure that I treat them as a human being and, you know, like connect with them on a sincere, genuine level. Yep. And, and I love that observation. And on, on the flip side of that, it was also really interesting to observe how these really famous people treated people who weren't as famous very, very differently. Mm. That was almost as much of a learning, learning experience in itself when, because there were a few people that when there were very, very famous people that um, would come back on a regular basis and they would remember everybody's name and they would treat everybody really nicely. And there were other people who were really, really famous that had two different strata of how they treated people. It was people on my level and everybody else. And it was, uh, it was quite a learning experience in that way as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. A bigger, you get to see a bigger world. And I'm sure you saw it in, um, you know, the, the PGA and the tour and like seeing those high level players and coaches as well. Probably got to see some of that political kind of stuff going on there as well. Yeah. And, you know, it was definitely evident. I was very fortunate in my soccer career. I got to play with and against some of the most famous players in the world. But being enough younger and not as self-aware and not as aware of the universe in general, I was just so wrapped up in wanting to do my own thing. You don't notice a lot of those things as much. Yeah. But, you know, looking back, you can reflect on it. But, uh, yeah, it would have been great to have a little bit more self-awareness when I was uh, in the soccer side of things, too, because you just learn that much quicker. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're really focused on now today is like really helping people become more focused, more self-aware. So when did the focus aspect of your career, when did that come into play becoming a, a top priority for you to like master that and really dive deep into that? Um, I would say, I mean, it, it started personally at the, so the thing that started the, the really intense awareness uh, was when I had the major back surgery because the doctor said, well, you're never going to be able to run. You're never going to be able to soccer. You're never going to be able to ski. So 
uh, all of a sudden you have to go, okay, well, what am I going to be able to do to find joy in life? And that was when I found Tai Chi, which was kind of my lifesaver. Yeah. And then I started, um, so I started by taking Tai Chi and then I started studying Tai Chi and I found that the focus that, uh, that we were able to help people with, because most of the people that came to us when they wanted to learn Tai Chi um, were similar, were, I mean, there were some who were younger and just wanted to be more powerful people, but there were a lot of people who were like myself that came to it because they were broken. And how, how could we fix those people? Um, so I think that was really the start of it was seeing that just by helping someone focus more on presence and on awareness and moving energy through their body, which is a big thing in Tai Chi, that that could have a really profound effect. So even though I was more just teaching golf at that point in time, it still was kind of stewing in the back of my mind. And then um, I would say about eight or nine years ago, um, I felt like I was at a point where my ability to help people with their skills in golf was not enough. Um, that I had a lot of my clients, especially the better clients, the ones who wanted to play better and practice more, needed more than just skills help. They needed help with, okay, well, where do I put my mind before I hit this shot? Or how do I deal with this particular situation? Mm -hmm. So that was when things really started kind of transforming from being a coach of moving skills to being a coach of okay, well, here's what you have to do with your intent. Here's what you have to do with your energy. And here's the type of focus that you can use to get the most out of what you have. And that's, yeah. that's really what the, you know, one of the ways to look at zone training is whether you're an athlete or somebody who just wants to be more productive at work. Most everybody has had peak experiences. So what I do is help get the non-peak experiences closer to the peak experiences and make the peak experiences last longer. Yeah. So the, the term that I use with my athletes is in your performances, you have a ceiling and you have a floor. Mm -hmm. And if you focus better, the floor is going to come up closer to the ceiling. Yep. So the frustration mm -hmm. level goes down dramatically. Wow. That's powerful. So tell us about what we need to know about the zone, how to get into the zone, maybe science behind it. Uh, what happens when we get it wrong? What happens when we get it right? Let us know, Jeff. Well, the, the big picture is actually really, really simple. Yeah, the first thing you have to do is you have to learn the difference between thinking and sensing. Okay, it, it really is as simple as that. So when you're in the zone, there's a whole bunch of cues that let you in the let you know you're in the zone. There's no sense of time. There's no sense of self. The movements are effortless and easy. And the uh, there's going to be one clear goal. There's going to be no thoughts, no emotions. So you've got all these cues that let you know when you're in the zone. But all of those are based on you have to, in order to get to that place, you have to learn how to be totally present in the moment in your senses. As soon as a thought comes in, so the, the nature of thoughts is they are either future anchored or past anchored. Thoughts mm -hmm. are never present. You can't be thinking about something in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So even though there's all kinds of fun things that I do with athletes from different sports, my skiers, my basketball players, the golfers the processes to get to the zone are different and maintaining the zone is different, but essentially it's about, can you learn the difference in quality in what it feels like to be thinking about something or to be sensing something? So if you're fully present in your senses, you're all eyes, all ears, all spatial awareness, then you have a chance to get into the zone very, very quickly and very, very easily. 
But as soon as the thoughts sneak in, you're in trouble. And of course, the challenge for us these days with all the electronic noise that we have going on, you know, the studies recently tell us that the, we average as many as 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a very relaxed meditative state, you may be down to as few as 10. But in order to be in the zone, you have to be zero. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the simplest ways to look at getting in the zone is, can you on command peel away all the thoughts? As soon as you can peel away the thoughts, you can become present and then you can just drop right into the zone. Wow. This is so powerful, man. So uh, how do we activate it? How do we, how do we know if we're, we're in the zone or not? You know, like how do we know if thoughts are coming up and if they are, what do we do to get back into the zone? So there's a lot of good information out. Uh, whether If you're a meditator um, or if you're into mindfulness, um, there's tons of great information on the internet. Um, but the, to me, the simplest way and the way I usually start with most people is just some basic breathing exercises, because if you can do that anywhere, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be an Uber athlete. You don't have to be somebody who's, uh, done deep dive meditation before. If you can learn how to pay attention to your breath and then you start to notice that the thoughts are separate from who you are. They just kind of come and go. Uh, and that's one of the meditations that I have people work on. It's called a cloud meditation. I'm sure you've probably heard of it before. Basically, as you're focusing on your breath, and it could be the movement of the air in and out of your nose. It could be the movement of your chest in and out. But as you're focusing on that, the thoughts then become things that like a cloud move across the sky and you can just let them go. So you become separate from them. So what most of us, what happens is when most of us have a thought, we attach to it and it becomes part of us and we can't let it go. And then we lose the presence. Um, and my, you know, the, the simplest, uh, my favorite breathing exercise that I start almost all my athletes with is called alpha breathing. And it's called alpha breathing because when you're in the zone, you're actually in a very specific brainwave frequency. Um, so the studies tell us now that the zone is between seven and 8,000 hertz, and there's no pop quizzes on the science, but basically that's on the border of the alpha and theta brainwave frequencies. So it's okay. kind of right on the border between conscious and unconscious. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you get into that alpha brainwave frequency, the thoughts start to go away, the sensory apparatus all start to kick in, you start to become very present, movements get very powerful, and uh, you also get uh, a whole bunch of really cool neurochemicals start kicking in that enhance it even more. It's like kind of pouring gas on the zone fire. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so the, the name of my new book coming out is called Access Your Alpha. And mm-hmm. that's really what the, the essential element is, is if you learn to be able to feel what it feels like to be able to move up and down the brainwave frequencies and you can access the alpha, mm-hmm. then you can, you can come in, a, in and out of the zone on command. This is incredible. And I love that the science is behind it and we're like educating our audience on that. And it's, it's really about this state that we already have within us. We just get to learn how do we get back there? How do we train ourselves to be in that as often as possible? So like you said, we raise that floor up to, you know, then we can raise our ceiling up and reach even higher heights that were never uh, attainable before. So this is, this is actually one of my favorite analogies is that The zone is already inside every single person. You don't have to go and build new stuff and create new stuff. All you got to do is peel away the thoughts to get to it. Mm. 
It's remembering, oh, you know, remembering how to be in the zone. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's really a, a letting go process as yeah. opposed to an acquiring or a building process. Mm. And you know, one of the there's there's a number of theories, um, and the science side of it is actually super fascinating. But basically, it says that when you're on that border of alpha and theta, there's the four systems in our body: the neuroelectric, which is the brain waves; the neurochemistry, which is the endorphins and the dopamine and all the cool stuff that turns adds fire to it; mm-hmm. and the physiological and the psychological are all integrated and working together as best as possibly can. Well, one of the scientific things that they discovered a number of years ago is called the Schumann resonance pattern. I don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah. So that says the earth vibrates in the ionosphere at 7.8 hertz, which Mm -hmm. just happens to be right square in the middle of the zone. So a lot of people report it's really easy to get into the zone when you go into natural forests, top of mountains, where that Schumann resonance kind of comes in and takes over your body. So it actually helps you get rid of thoughts and be more present because, you know, the earth is resonating at a certain frequency and you're trying to get there too. So the two of you are working together. That's so awesome. So in, in its environment, right? Like how can you engineer and design your environment to stay in the zone? I think it's great to have the willpower to yeah. want to stay there, but how can we leverage and kind of hack our way, so to speak, to being in that alpha as often as possible? Yeah, especially when we're just starting, uh, you know, if, if you if you normally spend a lot of time on your phone or a lot of time in the computer or a lot of time in traffic, yep. it can be very difficult to peel away thoughts at first. You know, even with the the breathing exercises and uh, I've got there's a whole bunch of fun little mindful tricks. You can if you take five or 10 minutes a day and just pay attention to the movements, to whether it's brushing your teeth or walking up and down the stairs <clears throat> or uh, if you do like to do certain sports movements, so you like to go to the gym, rather than just kind of being mindless, be very, very mindful, put all your attention into your senses. So you can kind of sneak into the zone. But if you do it, and you're doing it in an environment that's going to help you, it just makes it that much easier to get there that much faster. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I love how you said the uh, gym, because like, when I'm in the gym, sometimes I'll I'll listen to music. And I'll be so caught up with the music that I won't actually be paying attention to how is my body feeling? What are the mechanics that are going on here? Am I really present to the sensations? Like it's mindless, mindless weightlifting. Just like yeah. uh, throw around some weights, you know, burn some calories. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. That's one of the other ways that you can get into the zone much quicker is <clears throat> there are things called binaural beats. You ever heard of binaural beats? Absolutely. So what it is, is it's underlaid um, patterns to music. So you could put it in your favorite music if you wanted to, or you can just listen to tapes that are out there. But what they found is that if you put one beat pattern in one ear and another beat pattern in another ear, it promotes a brainwave frequency. So the challenge is that you can't replicate it. But if you've never, if you have a hard time feeling it, the more times you can feel it, the more times you can recognize the cues, and then you can start creating your own triggers to get back there. But uh, yeah, I've got some of my athletes who use binaural beats in their headsets before they go, go do a competition just to help them that much more. So they've got their little breathing exercises, they've got their tension release pattern exercises, but the binaural beats is just another way to add to it. Mm, I love it. And, and that's, that's, 
just the, you've seen over the years these different techniques and modalities and you, you pull from tai chi and you pull from golf you pull from soccer you pull from all these different places that's that's the beauty of the wisdom in your years you know and being able to see so much like you you're able to bring so much to the table and synthesize it all together to custom tailor for whatever the athlete or person that you're working with needs to get to their next level yeah you know the way i look at it is my failures in all these various venues help everybody else to succeed a little faster. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but is, is the zone the same thing as being in a state of flow? Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. different terminology. You know, um, I like to use the term zone just because it's a certain brainwave frequency zone and we have ways to track that and train that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of grasp. The flow is what you feel when you're in the zone. Mm. but how do you track and train flow? You know, flow is a liquid thing. So <laughs> they really, they refer to the same thing. A guy named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and please don't ask me how to spell that, back in the <laughs> 70s termed uh, or coined the term flow. He did this huge study with like 20,000 people, gave us unbelievable amounts of data. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, some people use flow state, some people use zone. It, it, they really can be interchanged for sure. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, in terms of someone who's not necessarily considering themselves an athlete, uh, how can they apply this? How does it apply to them? So there's a there's a study group, um, or there's a big think tank called the McKinsey Group. They do tons and tons of studies, mm-hmm. and they did a study, a ten year study actually on the zone, and they found that when you're able to get into the zone, you can be up to five hundred percent more productive at work. Yeah. They said the average worker, so they, they did it a lot more based, not so much on the sports, but as an, on skill acquisition and work producti- productivity. He said the average worker gets into the zone about 5% of every day or slightly less. So man, most people don't even know when they're into the zone, but if, once they get into it more often and they think back, they go, oh yeah, you know what? When I wrote that, I was in the zone. Or when I created that code, I was in the zone. Yeah. But basically what their study found was that if you could increase the amount of time that a person was in the zone from 5% a day to 15% a day, their productivity will double. And you can cut down skill acquisition in half, according to their study. Yeah, so if you're trying to learn new stuff, and creativity just goes off the charts when you're in the zone. Creativity can go up as much as 400 to 700%. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, when I'm when I'm doing my talks for folks, obviously a lot of them are athlete oriented, but some of them have been with veterans groups that just want mm-hmm. to be able to. Um, so their challenge is they tend to get too high in the brainwave frequency. So when you look at brainwaves, mm-hmm. the higher up in the brainwaves, the more you're going to be prone to emotions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you get way up in brainwaves, it's fight or flight, and then it's then you have other you know the maybe anxiety, stress, and then you get down into uh, kind of mindless thought. And then when you get further down in the bottom of the beta waves, you get very concentrated. So that's the logical, analytical, rational problem solving is right at the bottom of beta. And then when you go into the top of alpha, that's when it starts becoming more meditative, more relaxed, the thoughts start going away. And then when you get down into theta is when it gets super deeply meditative, it gets very, very creative, you get much more visual, uh, much more spatially oriented. And when you really click into the zone, there's actually Gamma is the highest frequency way up at the top. 
And they haven't done as much study with that. But what they found is that when you get into the deep zone, you get this kick of uh, gamma waves. And the gamma waves actually start making all these amazing new connections in your brain and the different parts of the brain talk to each other that have never done it before. And you get these, this is where you get mystical experiences uh, like uh, <clears throat> uh, when somebody has ESP or intuition, that's when you get a little spike of the gamma waves. But basically, so when, uh, when I'm talking to the veterans groups, they're fascinated with just being able to bring their brain waves down enough so they're not dealing with all that anxiety and all that stress. And then down on the other end, you've got the kids. So when I'm doing kids camps, the kids that are ADHD, they need to be able to bring it up. Mm -hmm. They're too low in the alpha too much, and they don't have the ability to bring it up and get more focus. Wow. And I always thought that ADHD was like, you know, switching focus so much, like changing from, from thing to thing, focus to focus. Is that not what is the like root? cause or symptom or things going on yes it, it's basically they're they're in such a relaxed state so the the further down in relaxation the more it's like going into dreams where you don't have control of them it just keeps happening randomly does that make sense right so if you you think of the adhd as there are people who are in a really nice relaxed state but they're so relaxed they don't really have control of where their focus in their brain is going to what? so the, the athletes that can perform in the zone and the workers. And uh, so there's there's a, a lot of companies in Silicon Valley and Fortune 500 companies in New York that are spending huge amounts of money to get their coders to get in the zone or to get their executives to get in the zone because of the productivity. But the, the one of the keys to the zone is you have to be as low in the brainwaves as you can get and still be conscious, but you have to be able to actively focus on one goal for the task. Can't be more than one. Um, and so the, the visual that I give people is if you imagine that the alpha brainwave frequency is like a giant floodlight of awareness, okay, and the focus is like a laser pointer towards your goal for that activity. So that's, if you can get that floodlight and then turn on that little laser pointer, then you're locked in. The problem for the kids is they've got six or seven laser pointers going in every direction. So it looks like a nightclub uh, disco show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover on getting focus fit, Jeff? Like, was there anything that we didn't touch about, like what that is and mm -hmm. how we can create that in our life? So when you, uh, if you start with just some simple breathing exercises, so the, the alpha breathing is a great one for everybody to start with. Alpha breathing, they've done research and they found that if you do five breaths per minute, that is the optimum breathing pattern that causes your brain to go into the alpha brainwave frequency. So you'd be breathing in for six seconds and then out for six seconds. And you do that over the course of two, three, four minutes. If you can keep your focus on the breath, then you automatically, your body starts triggering that alpha brainwave frequency. Wow. So one of the, <clears throat> one of the best ways to get started is just to do that alpha breathing. And if you can do it, you know, the, the two parameters or the two key dynamics are your ability to maintain the thoughtless state for as long as possible. So training the duration. So can you go for two minutes with no thoughts doing the alpha breathing? Can you go for three minutes? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then the other side of it is, can you train your task focus or your goal focus to be distracted or less distracted for longer periods of time. So once you've gotten to that floodlight state, how long can you maintain that? 
Okay. And then once you've gotten to that floodlight state, can you shine that laser pointer on your task and can you block out distractions? So those are really the two key dynamics is the, the intensity and then the, the ability to block out the distractions. And that's, that's something that's so prevalent today is because like we're in a society with, with social media and notifications and all these things that are coming yep. at us, bombarding us. And it's like to be able to train that discipline, that will lead to so much more productivity, so much more feeling of accomplishment and fulfillment because we're getting more done in the same amount of time. And so to work on these skills and invest in these processes and disciplines and exercises, like that is what's going to make a huge difference for us over the long term. Yeah. One of the, one of the coolest stories. Uh, so one of my ski racers this past winter, really, really nice young man, very talented. His coaches told me that um, he was winning the runs in training every single day and he was doing terrible in the races. So his parents hired me to work with the focus training stuff. And after two weeks, his mom calls me up and said, what did you do to my son? He has not ever been this happy before. So the goal was to get him to perform better, but because he was able to start being more present, we also helped him distinguish whether he was a feel performer or a visual performer, which is a huge step. It just freed him up. And all of a sudden, he just uh, his mom said, yeah, his personality just changed in two weeks. So part of it is getting into the zone, but part of it's also the joy that you get from being able to access who you really are and what you should be able to do anyway. Yeah. Wow. And I want to talk about the book uh, as a as a important milestone for you to get this work out there. Tell a little bit more what, about why you wrote the book and how does it play into you making a bigger impact in the world? Well, I, I've written three golf instruction books before, wow. and it was a uh, it was a great experience because just having to put it down on paper and edit it and it was it was really good. It completely changed how I taught golf writing those three books. Wow. And so over the last couple of years, I've been thinking about, you know what, I, I really, I've got this picture that people seem to respond to in the training for focus. So maybe I should think about writing a book. And then in the last year or so, I've been doing a lot more speaking engagements mm -hmm. and pretty much universally at all the speaking engagements, everybody's like, I have a book. I want, can, can you, or do you have a book coming out? And I was like, okay, the universe is telling me here that I, I need to do that. And so I started the, the spring when things kind of toned down a little bit from working with the ski racers, yeah. I started sitting down and it just started coming out. So, um, yeah, the, the initial manuscript should be, should be done in September. And then it's just a question of, you know, the, all the publishing angles and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's basically what we're talking about, but Think of it as a, a do-it-yourself, get into the zone. So it's not an expose of all the science behind the zone. Mm. Uh, there's going to be some cool stories in there. There's going to be some science in there. But mostly, it's going to be doing what we can't do in this 45 minutes, which is holding people's hand and saying, okay, you can do this, you can do this. And if this doesn't work, this is going to... So I'm trying to make it so that somebody could read that book and be able to get in the zone on their own. That's amazing, man. What a what a great resource. And then big big vision long term. What do you see this this work that you're doing? Uh, what difference do you want it to make in the world? I would like to see it go into the education system, mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason why I'm uh, going to be. Uh, I got hired as a consultant for the Sun Valley Academy. Is we want to take this ability to get into the zone and what that does for people, the joy that it brings to people and the, the power and the focus that it brings to people and have it not just be for their passion for their athletics, mm. but also have them be better people. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've always felt since 
way back in the day that our education system leaves a lot to be desired. We, we teach people, you know, how to do chemistry, how to do math, uh, how, to, how to look at history, but we don't teach them how to become who they really are. You know, one of the analogies that I use in the book is that every single person is a supersonic fighter jet. They just don't know how to get it off the ground. So my hope, my hope is that we can put it into schools so people can start get, getting their fighter jet up off the ground. Most people are taking their F-22s and driving to the grocery store from their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's the potential, you know, like we have so much potential within our body within our cells, within our organs, within our being to be yep. able to, to achieve incredible things. And it's like, what percent are we actualizing of that potential? And it sounds like you're really out to help people tap into their, their true potential and empower them with that. That's the mission. That's awesome. I love it. I love it, dude. Uh, this is great. Is there anything that we didn't cover yet on uh, focus or getting into the zone that you feel would be essential, especially for you know entrepreneurs? We have a lot of people who want to make a big impact in the world themselves. Is there anything else you'd recommend for them? Yeah, I think you know whether you're on the physical side or whether you're more on the mental side, it's really important that you distinguish and learn to distinguish through some really simple exercises the difference between being present in your senses and lost in thought. That's really the key. So if you want to be more productive as a business person, if you want to be a better parent, if you want to be a better athlete, if you can be right there in the moment in your senses and not have thoughts clouding what's going on, everything functions much, much better. It's way it's the way our human system is designed to be worked, right? Our, our, the part of our mind that thinks is really supposed to be like a security guard and the rest of us is the jet and we're letting the security guard run the show and we're not letting the jet run the show. That's a great, great analogy. I love it. So Jeff, we want to let people know how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps that they can take on their journey and uh, how can they keep growing themselves and get in the zone themselves? Well, as you can probably guess, I enjoy chatting about it. Yep. <laughs> so anyone should feel free. You can get in touch uh, through my Facebook site, which is ggzap, or my website, which is www.ggzap.com. And my phone number's on there, email's on there. I love talking to people. I'm, it's, it's a mission to expose as many people as possible so they can help themselves. So yeah, I love hearing from folks. I love it. I love it. So everyone listening and watching right now, go to www.ggzap.com. Dot com. That's ggzap.com. Uh, let Jeff know that you heard about him through the 12-hour marathon. Let him know what your biggest takeaway is. What are you working on with your zone, with your flow? And uh, you know, just speak that into existence. Share that. That makes it even more real. It's, it's uh, showing the universe, yes, I am committed to this. I am committed to more flow, more productivity, more fulfillment, more happiness. So let him let us know. Uh, you can also take a screenshot of this podcast or Facebook, post it up on uh, Instagram, tag me at I am millionaire Chris. I'll share it with Jeff and uh, make sure we share that out with our audience as well. And Jeff, we want to wrap this up with the 60 seconds or so of encouragement. Someone out there who is uh, in the process of getting into the zone, in the process of becoming their greatest possible self. What do you have to say to them, man? If you're an athlete, learn how to pay attention to the movement that you're in in the moment and the joy and the power will increase dramatically. If you're 
a family member or a worker learn to pay attention to your surroundings that you're in at that particular moment so that you're not judging it by what you see in the future, what you see in the past, because it's all, it really is all about being able to be present in your senses, where you're at. Everything starts from that spot right there. And once you get there, then it's a magical journey to get going. Mm. I love it. Jeff, you are the man. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this wisdom. Big, big things ahead for you and everyone. Definitely be on the lookout for the book. It's Access Your Alpha, right? That's right. It's coming out here shortly, so definitely stay tuned to what Jeff has going on, and you'll see about that. And Jeff, thank you so much, man. Have an amazing rest of your day, okay? No, thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure. Thank you. We'll see you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.